What's going on? Everybody, you've got the cardboard coaches here with your boy, Coach Co. I am the sports card cartel, and many people ask me why I wear my sunglasses indoors. And while it's easy to say it's because the future is so bright, maybe just maybe it's because the cartel loves you and is trying to protect you from staring directly into pools of infinite sadness. So, I thought it was I thought it was an homage to uh, Corey Hart. Well, he is Canadian, isn't that right? So, I think so. it would keep with our CanCon um, inspiration. Not to be confused with VonCon, which is coming up August 19th. Hey, hey. And yeah. us, we have su- successfully made a full circle from a very morbid and depressing <laughs> thought all the way to the excitement and uh, and fantasticness that is VonCon. That's what, that's what we do. You know, it's like a nice little full circle moment. You got to make sure that there's like bleak, happiness, combine them together. Basically summarize the cardboard coaches if you want, you know, that's right like, there. Now, what's going, now is Von Kong going to have like balloons that look like your mustache floating? And are you going to be Maybe. performing calisthenics in the center of the, of the, the arena or? I don't know. I think there might be like a pull-up competition you didn't hear it here first though you know you didn't either pull up competition or like a hanging like you got to hang it's pretty cool because that's Uh, the first thing i would think to do uh, a gathering of gentlemen and some ladies that like to collect cards comics and action figures is let's do a pull-up contest no 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 so i think it's gonna be like like you're gonna hang like grip strength you know like and adjust the bar and there'll be prizes and stuff it's a popular carnival yeah exactly and that's a I still have some reservations and concerns and terror when thinking about that. There's going to be air conditioning at at VonCon. Yes, that's right. That would be that would be an excellent addition. Uh, Air air conditioning would be an excellent addition to the addition to the events. You and I are actually going to have our own like table. Like we're going to be like uh, dedicated to the cardboard coaches there. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I'm working the, on it. Work. The, the news that's breaking to our listeners and viewers is breaking to Sports Card Cartel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, just know that just know that Coach Co is always working in the background for us. All I right. Mean, I, I already know that. You We're know, trying. while while we sleep, Coach Co is is aggressively walking towards a destination far more interesting and important than whatever it is that you are dreaming about with your head on the pillow. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I will say that. There are some fun things coming up for this episode. Let's start with probably one of the most controversial things recently. Um, and it, it, I mean, it's, it seems to happen all the time. But recently there is a picture floating around of a PSA 8 uh, it's a Pokemon card. So for the listeners that you know don't, don't listen or don't follow Pokemon in any way, shape or form, it is an Umbreon VMAX. I think it's referred to as the Moonbreon. PSA 8 was cracked out subbed to BGS where it got a black label. So a pristine, um, you know, immaculate, uh, one of the more desirable, if not the most desirable look for a slab. That black label is just gorgeous and highly sought after and comes with a huge premium attached to it. Now, I think the difference in price between a PSA 8 and a black label is like something absurd, like 12x or something, right? Like, I think it's like between 12 and 15x. Uh, so, you know, pretty big price discrepancy there. 
Now, there were a ton of details that followed in terms of like, you know, was this card, I don't know, tampered with? Was it just wiped down? I mean, I, I don't know how to tell Pokemon centering, but people are saying that the centering is not a BGS 10 worthy. But we've seen this before with that Kobe Bryant refractor rookie. Like we've seen that the, like the black labels get a little shysty. And you've mentioned several times on the podcast that, you know, Sometimes those black labels are a little bit on the fence. Of, of all of the various gimmickry and all of the outcomes when it comes to grading and all the controversies and the whole thing, the whole shebang, because you're going to get me wound up on this now and I'm just going to go spinning like a top when it comes to grading. The concept of the black label, I've spoken so much about it in terms of the, the, the fact that it will draw you in, right? It, it, it's, it's a huge component sometimes when people consider grading with Beckett versus these other companies. Uh, mind you, SGC also has their, their version of kind of like a, a black label or a yeah. pristine or whatever it is. Yeah. But, but the one thing that may sway someone when it comes to a, a canvas hockey card versus grading with PSA. But anyway, um, this is a news flash. It is the most ripe and most readily available way to, to um, commit fraudulent behavior when it comes to this grading sector. Um, it has been shown to be that way, that uh, there was insider labeling, let's call it that, when it comes to black labels. There is no council that will gather to look at your black label and decide whether or not it truly deserves a black label grade. The only people who have the final word there are Beckett. And uh, I, it was found that a, a tremendously high percentage of black label slabs were being doled out to employees or people that the employees knew or something like that. It's just such a deliciously easy way to, uh, I don't know, launder money. I mean, you're, you're talking about huge amounts of money. That Umbreon, like you said, went from a PSA, which has value almost equatable to a raw card. If not less, black, if not less, yeah, in most cases. To, to a black label, which we know goes for far more than even a PSA, the vaunted PSA 10 uh, gem mint. Um, and it starts to create all sorts of conversations around who sent the card in. Um how was the card, you know, the thus thusly handled by Beckett? Isn't it an indictment on Beckett? Isn't it an indictment on PSA? Did PSA get it wrong? Um, in this ultimately subjective arena that that has so many inconsistencies that we see all the time. Like I said, I, I have seen enough black labels that to me present as a nine to know that like we gotta be very realistic about this. Don't be naive about the grading game. Uh, there is a lot of uh, shenanigans going on when it comes to grading. And here's an example laid out on the table that some of these companies walk right into because that's the whole thing, right? You don't send, don't do not send in your card with its original slab to get another no, grade no, at no. a different company. Yeah, you yeah, remove yeah. it. Yeah. Especially when it's a card that's not serially numbered or otherwise readily identifiable. Yeah. Right. And I, I, mean, I and just real quick, Coach Go, yeah, go for it. Because I don't know if we discussed it. We probably did. I mean, I definitely talked about it on my Instagram, but I talked about those three SGC, uh, three PSA cards that all received a six from, from uh Darth Grader. 
I'm assuming got his hands on my order because he loves doling out sixes in the middle of a, a row of tens or nines. And I cracked those and sent them to SGC. Two of the sixes came back an eight and an eight five. One of the sixes came back a five. Now, if you can tell me what is more random and what is more unreliable than that, I'm all ears. Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw uh, there's another like scenario that involved uh, hit him high and uh, sla- slab slab shot cards mm-hmm. where he submitted a Zion checkerboard that he got from hit him high and he saw the card and it looked like it would nine and sent it in and it came back a four and then uh, he cracked it out, sent it in again. He got a nine. I'm convinced that like between the transferring the grades from one person to the next person, like you write it on a piece of paper and that the four looked very much like a nine. And that's why it was given the four grade and not the nine. But it's funny because there's so many different stages of grading. Like we see like grading Q1, we see Q2, we see assembly. Like nobody, nobody catches this. Five grades difference. Um, obviously it's a joke about like the writing thing and then passing it along, but like who freaking knows? Because I mean, Slabshot said he didn't do like anything to this card. He literally just like reprepped it and sent it in. Uh a f- four is like usually considerable damage. Yeah, you gotta there's gotta be some significant stuff going on for it to get that low of a grade. Once you're like below like a six, there's there has to be very obvious visual impairment. Uh or, or visual degradation that you can see right away. It's like, it, uh, these are things I've been thinking about lately. Uh, just, just with my recent sub submission preps is like, you know, c- centering is such an important thing that we, I mean, we touch on that a lot. It's the first thing that hits your eyes. Um, but you know, when you, when you start to, to get a little deeper than that, we talk about things like creases, uh, a loss, paper loss, things like that. Like these are super significant. That's when you start getting into the ones, twos, threes, and fours. And uh, this is pretty wild to go from a four to an eye. You know, and the, the, the other day I was handling some HGA slabs, which I've actually, I think I told you, I, I took so long. I never had them in my hand. Uh, you did a submission with them. Yeah. yeah. So you know the whole deal. Yeah. But I, I was only seeing what I was seeing online. I got to hold some in my hands. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. It is absolutely what? indicative what? Outrageous? Of, of a guy who, like me and you, collects and happened to have some space in his garage and opened up a, a company called <laughs> Hybrid Grading Approach. God, man, like I'd love to like he hooked up his Apple IIe and a printer called it AI. But there, it's it was absolute uh, slab after slab was absolute garbage. And they have subgrades, right? So. I could look at a subgrade that they gave a nine five gem, and then my eyes could directly go to the corners because they're telling me the corners are gem. And I and then visually, I'm not I'm not carrying around a loop, far far less a microscope. Visually, I'm seeing that there's damage to the corners, and you're telling me it's a, a gem, you know. And it, it it was outrageous, and it just you know again, and and then the conversation surrounding some of these cards in HGA slabs became. Well, if it says gem mint visually, that 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 affects someone who's looking at the card, looking to purchase it. Do you remove it because it's a less desirable company, or do you keep it in there because it's hey, it's better than nothing? It says gem mint. You would think that takes a little bit off of your plate in terms of deciding the grade, because some you know 
unbiased third party. But see, we're forgetting some some adjectives here. The unbiased, you know, um, unfit, ridiculous company uh, decided to give it a certain grade, right? The classic. What if a guy's having a bad day before he gets his hand on my Makar SP Authentic versus the guy who had a great day when he gets his hands on my Makar SP Authentic? Yeah, I think the big theme here is something that like that Dave from Science Lab has been talking about for, I mean, quite hellaciously in, like, uh, in the last few days. Did I use that correctly? Hellacious. Uh, I suppose so. Yeah. I like hellacious anyway. Okay. But... All right. Um. Yeah, I mean, he's been talking. He, he's been talking about uh, just doing your own research, right? Like, I mean, a lot of these, I mean, even auction houses get things wrong, right? They were uh, him and 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 P Ryan have been going back about, about or back and forth about this Johnny Manziel uh, <laughs> game used. They said it's game used uh, piece of memorabilia, and it turns out that you know they were able to photo match it to a specific event, not necessarily a game. So <laughs> it's it's like you you trust these companies to be one hundred percent authentic. Uh, but there is human error with all of these things. I think that's why like AI has taken over all communications right now. Do you know what I mean? Like in terms of like all, so much dialogue and not just in the sports card space, but just like in everyday life is surrounding AI, AI this and AI that. And if you look at all the run-ups in stocks, all of them have to do with any sort of AI mention. You know what I mean? Like, so AI is, there's a huge allure to like AI and this, this HGA knew that, Two years ago, three years ago, they had the foresight start yapping about and AI. And stupid and bumbling, right? right? And so, because humans are, uh, they have the they have the propensity to to create errors. To you know, uh, now it's like we're using that to to sell products and 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 that of like of that nature, right? So, yeah. as long as humans are involved, there's always going to be errors. Um, I think that. You know, as you start to scale, uh, as you start to scale more and more, you're going to see more and more errors. It just comes down to like, what do you care more about? You know, the card or the grade? Like, and if the grade, I mean, it's a serious conversation about like, why are you buying a ten versus a nine when they when the the, the nine might look nicer? Nine might look better than the ten. What are you right? Like, is it strictly money? Is it strictly like liquidity? Like, are you buying this card to flip it like in the not so distant future? Because if so, then then buy the grade right mm -hmm. because i guess that's a lot easier to to move it's liquid it's but if you're buying this for you and let's not say that you're not allowed to sell your cards later on but if you're buying this because you're like i just want this card like yeah. then you know maybe it's time to take a step back and say like why why is this 10 worth so much to to me like why is it so necessary that it comes back a 10 from this company you know what i mean like and and remember that at one point, PSA was not the number one grader. They they were not the most desirable slabs, right? It's like, yeah. It's and so if you put too much stock into like a PSA ten, I mean it it, it could change. It's changed before. You know what it's, I mean? Like the label you're buying, you're buying the label, you're collecting the label. Yes. Too, if that's what you're doing, I mean, like, look. Ultimately, you want the combination of both, right? I mean, like. Of course. If, I'm a Randy Rosarana super fan, and I and I'm I'm not just a fan of his for his charisma and all the uh, all the uh, amazing moments and gameplay. It's also this um, belief that he is going to be Hall of Fame worthy. He's going to have an amazing career, and then 
there's a pride in ownership and there's also a security in knowing that he's a good quote unquote investment. And so you want both. And, and again, to kind of, you know, enhance that you want the cards to be gem mint, but you're right. Then that, then the collector in you and is going to say like, well, this is a really good looking card to me. It looks gem mint, but it's in a PSA holder. Is that going to stop you? Probably not. If you're like a very dedicated PC collector, but it may stop you if you have the option in a 10 and it's not much more expensive, even though it doesn't look as good because you know that that's going to pay off down the line. But here's, a, here's an interesting one for you, Brendan. I was looking through some old football cards the other day because, you know, I don't have a ton of football or basketball. Yeah. And I found out that one of my optic cards that received a PSA 10, it's a quarterback. I'm not going to go into any details about it. Um, it's a really nice card, actually. And I graded it. It was a PSA 10 now. Brendan, would I send in a, you know me, would I send in a card with an obvious surface defect? No. If I knew about it, no. Or, or like it was obvious, like I showed it to you. It's not sounds like I like missed a, it under a loop. Sounds like a waste of money. Right, so I wouldn't do it. Yeah. So I didn't when I sent this in and it got a 10. Something has developed on the edge of this card. The It's a red and green uh, multicolor optic preview. Mm -hmm. And something has developed on the, on the edge of the card that has taken the color away. It's faded off the red towards the edge. Really, I I store all my cards in boxes, you know, out of you know yeah, UV yeah, light. Know. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, so this happened very naturally, or possibly was even encouraged along with the fact that it was encased in plastic. I don't know, but you know, we hmm. we've heard about the greening of the chrome and stuff. But regard, this is a card from 2021, so I, I I'm not coming at it from the perspective of Panini or uh, should we all be worried about? Yeah, 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 no, cards. no. I'm coming at it from the perspective of what is this card now? Brendan, it's is it still a PSA 10? PSA will say, um, well, if something's happened, send it in to us and we're gonna have to regrade it. It's probably gonna be an eight now because the surface damage. But what if I don't do that? What if I say, don't tell me what to do? Right? Um, it's still a PSA 10. Now, buyers will see that. But I'll tell you this: I've had similar situations, not as extreme. For example, a card that didn't really deserve a PSA 10 grade to begin with that I thought I was going to receive a nine on. And people will see that there's like a damage on the corner, but it says PSA 10 and they buy it and pay the PSA 10 price regardless. I think it just comes down to whatever, like I said, whatever you're comfortable with, whatever you want this thing for. I think like... If people are buying just a grade and just a holder, then it, then they have blinders on and they don't even really look at the card and, and you know, like the quality of, of said card, truthfully. Mm. Um, and that's just like a whole different like like mindset. I mean, we talk a little bit about the collector, the investor and the. Uh, what are the three? I mean, anyway, regardless. The Holy Ghost. Pardon? Yeah. Except yeah, yeah. for the investor, the Holy Ghost. Perfect. Um, yeah. So it, it, there's so many different like aspects to to collecting right so i guess it really just depends on what you're comfortable with but really like we all need to kind of take a step back and and just you know what what am i buying this for uh is this holder that 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 important to me and and that's pretty much it right like um i, I will I, I do kind of want to move on to the next thing <laughs> another interesting topic so david adams has now released the second bounty of $1 million in the last month. This time, pardon? 
We're just tossing money around. Uh, this time it's for, I mean, they didn't have to give up the million the first time. So they should said, hey, let's offer it up again. Um, again, so using a so million dollars to entice people to rip product. I mean, we know that people don't really need encouragement to rip product. But when you mm-hmm. when you tell them, when you tell them there's, there's a million dollar bounty on a card, they're going to rip even more. So this upcoming Magic the Gathering set is uh, in partnership with Lord of the Rings. And uh, I f- forgive me for not knowing what the exact set is called. Which is brilliant. What? Brilliant. Magic the oh, Gathering. Oh, brilliant. Like that is brilliant. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Uh, I, I was kind of enticed by this set before I heard about this bounty and the prices for these products are going to be ridiculous. Uh, as someone who's played Magic for most of his life. But there is a $1 million bounty on a one-of-one serial-numbered Lord of the Rings, the One Ring card. Um, there is a stipulation, though, however, just like there was with the Drew Jones Superfractor. Um, the asterisks always make me laugh. So the $1 million is contingent on this card being pulled before, I think it's July 16th. So I, I believe there's exactly one month that you have between the, the product releasing and collecting this bounty. Right. Otherwise, I, then there's copious other bounties out there. I think Post Malone has one. I'm pretty sure Cassius Marsh from the NFL has one. Uh, there's just like every celebrity who collects Magic the Gathering has thrown down some outrageous, at least six-figure bounty on this card. What is what is post Malone offering specifically? Last what? I checked was the million that David Adams is doing, but I mean I don't think he's got a problem one upping that. Like well, I was gonna say, like, even if it was the same amount, you'd still yeah. want to sell post Malone. hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, but I, I don't think that that's like set in stone. But I do think that he's gonna be the one that that just takes any bounty. Yeah. But I just think it's interesting, number one, that we're now we're now reaching bounty culture. Like now we're officially in bounty territory. It's like almost regularly, um, they've realized that you know how do we get people to rip more product? We drop a bounty on people's heads. You know, Tops did this with the the gold chase. Actually, it wasn't Tops. It was David Adams again. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars for the whoever chases the the, the golds uh, mm-hmm. in series one. And uh, what is and what is David Adams? David Adams is a retailer. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. I know. I know. I know for sure. I mean, you know, it's it's brilliant. It, it makes sense. It's not brilliant. I don't want to give too much credence there, but it's it's it makes sense. It's a great way to push your product and kind of inflate the value in this in this level. I have noticed this, by the way, the Bowman, the Bowman sealed product has not suffered that badly since the Drew Jones was pulled. I mean, it's still selling at a decent clip and still sells for around what it was going for at its peak somewhat. So that that's something people are bringing up. Does it kill the, the product's value afterwards? No, not necessarily. Um, but it puts a lot of eyes on it. And uh, I think it gets a lot of people to rip it initially. And so because they rip it initially, they're like kind of invested now in maybe those rookies and they're watching those rookies and they realize that like there's actually like a lot of potential in that set or whatever the case may be, right? Like, I mean, that's definitely happened to me when I've hit when I've ripped product that I don't normally rip, right? Like on the odd chance that like I don't know, I got a box of something and I rip it, and I'm like, 
now all of a sudden you're like doing research into like for me it would be like a different league that i don't watch too frequently or like a whole new set of players and i'm like hmm like maybe there are other cards from this set that i'm interested in right like um so overall i mean it's a genius idea to to, to drop these you know as a retailer to drop these bounties i just think it's I wouldn't be surprised if we see more and more and more of these bounties. Uh, and, and like, as we start to to move into this next sector of collecting and of the hobby, which you and I have talked about quite frequently, is like, what is this next sector going to look like? It, I think there's just going to be like countless bounties at this point. You know, like it's just going to be like, that's going to be the new flex almost where before people were like flexing and like even logo men's are now kind of like, they're everywhere. Right. I've seen I've seen specific bounties where someone's like first person to like uh, get a PSA 10, get at me. I've got this amount of money for you. It could also be strategic too. I mean, you could use it in strategic ways. It doesn't have to be bombastic over the top, but it has built-in marketing capabilities that and and content creation capabilities that are very appealing to the person doing that. It might not even be, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I don't know, man, was David, the guy from David Adams wearing a big old smile when he was handing over $250,000 for a kid who's actually struggling a bit in the minors this year. I mean, it's, it's more about the marketing and the content. hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know how many, how many different pieces of content were created by just offering up a $250,000 bounty? Yeah, like yeah. if you know marketing, like that's like, it's, you there's almost no price tag on that do you know what i mean like yeah yeah i've seen i've seen the cost of like radio ads and things like that and believe me yeah it's such it's in that respect it's it's very smart like think about how many videos on instagram tiktok on twitter and we tweets you know like literally like how many times your business is mentioned like with that 250 up until the point where they actually hit it right Mm -hmm. like you're talking about month where people are talking about it like daily that's craziness. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and that kind of like talk about where we're going and kind of where we're at in the hobby. It, it it segues nicely into what you and I were discussing before the show. And I I specifically said, like, let's cut this off. Like, let's have this conversation on the show, because I think there's a lot of things that our listeners can learn and also participate in terms of the discussion with is at least for the ones who are collecting hockey. And I'm sure this is the same case when it comes to basketball and football and soccer and many other sports. Probably similar cases. Yeah. Right. Like um, a, a lot has happened in the last three years, right? Like we've seen prices of a lot of the things that we own go ridiculously high. And many of them have not traveled back there. And so, you know, you're kind of taking stock now, 2023, summertime, life is back to normal, more or less. Uh, you know, people are going on vacation, they're they're taking trips, they're buying things again. You're not stuck at home, going to events, and people are really starting to to take stock of of where their money is, realistically, right? And whereas in 2021, when your card was worth, let's say, 2000 bucks, you were like, I got nowhere to be. I'm making money. I'm, this thing just keeps going up. I have no intention to sell this thing. Now, 2023, it's summertime. You're, you want to go do stuff. You know, the bills, we've seen inflation here in, in Canada and in the United States, and I'm sure many other places as well. And you're like, well, this card is now 
$500. And you start to get a little scared and you start to think, you know, do I want to own this card anymore? What if this guy gets hurt? What if this guy gets traded? What if any number of things start happening? What if naturally the market decides to continue hacking away at its value? That's correct. That's correct. And so and the key thing you mentioned there was that back then, 2021, it always kept going up. Nothing particularly exciting was going on with Hulk Hogan. Nothing particularly exciting was going on with Luke Skywalker, but stuff just kept going up regardless. And it's kind of like, well, what do you do now? Right? Like you saw it, you've saw it at 2000. Now it's at 500. Yet had very few responsibilities back then. Now you got tons. You had very, very little life back then. Now you have one, you know, where do, where do we go? Where do we go from here? So I think it's an interesting discussion. Uh, you were talking about a player specifically. I don't know if we want to talk about that player specifically. It's up to you. Um, I mean, uh, you know, we can, we can say, I mean, uh, you know, in, in the realm of hockey, a player that's considered a top flight player, but did not put up top flight numbers yeah. this past year, whose team had huge expectations, whose team is a gigantic market in and of itself, and they did not perform. We are, of course, talking about Austin Matthews. And the question becomes is if you have a lot of money in Austin Matthews, you're certainly doing better today than you were doing in 2019, guaranteed. For sure. If you owned owned it back then, yes. But we have seen peaks now where we don't know if we'll ever see those peaks again. Now, there will be plenty of hockey fans that will say, hey, don't speak too soon, and that's fine. I get the optimism uh, that some people will always have. But uh, the reality is that that uh, the, the, sitting, the sitting value, the sitting you know, amount of dollars in, in Matthew stuff is making me think more about it than ever, than previously, in thinking about, you know, A, can that be put somewhere else that is a bit more promising and, a, and has a chance to have a bit more of a natural progression than, than what the Matthews Young Gun, for example, has had? Or, you know, can, can, a, can a potential trade or can a potential conti- continuation? I tell you, I told you, Coach Co, that I like to see upward trends in statistics, right? Like I like to see that's slow trending up. And that's why a lot of, a lot of people will, will pick certain players that, that they invest in because they see that upward trend from year on year. We didn't see that as, uh, as of this year for Matthews. So you, you do wonder about how much more of a hit the value can take. Some of his cards like the future watch have a tremendous amount of value that don't really make sense as a multiplier. When you stack them up against other future watch autographs. The one example I was using, for example, was Matthew Kachuk. The different, and you can't say, oh, well, Kachuk's just hot right now. That's the guy has played well throughout his entire career. Take a look at his career numbers. But he doesn't have any trophies, though. That's fine. Matthews may have one or two more, 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 uh, uh, more objects in his on his shelf. Yeah. But, you know, and especially now with Kachuk on a team like the Panthers that are successful maybe maybe if they don't go all the way this year maybe if they do uh get taken over by the knights maybe they still will be strong going into the next couple of years um either you know via bobrovsky having a, a a renaissance or spencer knight getting his stuff together so to speak um it just doesn't make sense as a multiplier you but can, i think you can, i think the, David, the ultimate multiplier that's mcdave yeah. right that's different 
But I think the difference between like I I don't think we can compare Matthew Kachuk to to Matthew so right like I think you can compare Matthew Kachuk to like Mitch Marner, I think, and 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 it's not to say they're like similar players, but I just mean that like neither of them have any accolades, and I'm not dis- discrediting like hundred point seasons and whatever. I'm just saying that in terms of like their points per game numbers are great, right? Yeah. Um, but not none of the neither of them have trophies, right? And and when you when you look back on a player's career, you know as great as they are, at the end of the day, a lot of that has to do with trophies and accolades, right? Like I can it, show you a lot of players that had one year where they, if it wasn't called the Maurice Richard back then, it was just the goal scoring title. I can show you a list of guys that won the goal scoring title. Now, did Matthews also win Rookie of the Year? Remind me. I don't know because we're talking about multiple trophies. Yeah, right? I think he did. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah. Again, I well, can I mean, show he's got you guys two Richards. He's got two. He's got two Richards. He's got a Calder, and he has a Hart Trophy. So I mean, that's like a pretty big yeah. deal. Oh, so he does have a Hart Trophy, right? Yeah. So like, that's what I'm saying, right? So he's, and it, it's a very small sample size. He's still young. Like, of course, he's got the that. There's a chance that he gets traded. I mean, he just scored like 36 goals coming off a 60 goal season. Right. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a obviously a, like he. Of course, he yes, he it went down for sure. But assuming that they move someone other than him, I mean, you would think that he probably has to do even more than he's had to do this year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know where this card goes. I don't know where Matthews goes, but I do think. That, that you bring up very important points, right? I think that uh, ultra-modern stuff is a scary hold, right? I think it's a... I mean, you can hold it if you want. You can have brass balls. But at the end of the day, it is terrifying because these guys are doing stuff in real time. If you look at John Morant, that stuff looked solid like last year, right? Yeah. John Morant stuff looked solid last year. The Grizzlies looked great. I'm pretty sure they got to the, the conference finals, I want to say. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, he looked like he was poised for an MVP in the not-so-distant future. Then all of a sudden, stuff starts happening on Instagram. The Grizzlies look like they're falling apart a little bit. The Dylan Brooks drama. And now, it's like a, it's a card that a lot of people don't want to own. Right? So, that's the dangers in ultra-modern. And I think that we... We've kind of we've kind of forgotten that in this space where everything just goes infinitely up, right? Like even the Zion situation, like we make jokes about the fact that like Zion stuff is like just constantly dropping. But like I, that stuff was it was almost doomed from the get go. Do you know what I mean? Like there was how was it possible for that that stuff to maintain even if he played well? Because then you would be having the same conversations with yourself if you own Zion and he was playing well. He has one bad year and you're like, does he get traded? Is What if he gets injured? Uh, you know, like having all this tied up in Zion. And naturally, it's going to result in people selling. And the more people sell, the lower your cards get, right? Theoretically speaking. Because so there's more of them on the market. Were, so many of those cards that reached astronomic levels so soon that that came out during that period of time. And even on the even at the the, the cutting, cutting close to the beginning, like I think of Doncic and Ronald Acuna. When I think of the overinflation and I, when I think of Gary V starting to share his opinions. And then if you had a card like Design, which came out in the middle of all that, you're right. It was doomed at the beginning 
regardless of even if he even if everything went smoothly, I would predict even if everything had gone smoothly to this point, um, that card would still not be at the level it once was in the midst of all that. We know what happened with the Mac Jones PSA 10 Donruss. I mean, that 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 was a, a terrible time for anything to be debuting because because the expectations were so, so high. We are still seeing a little bit of a hangover from that the hangover effect on prospecting. You know, well, like, 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 where do we stand with with uh, with Kaprizov, right? Like, it, it, it's very hard to to well, to to come to like an understanding as to, like what is this like how valuable is this because I've seen it at a certain price yeah. and because more and more keep getting graded. It's like well, that's I'm seeing both ends, right? Like that's the issue, as we mentioned when we were having this discussion, yeah. is that you know, uh, so, you know, at first glance and logically, I would sit there and say Kaprizov is a buy. I I I, I see the year-on-year improvements. The guy, yeah. the guy does have accolades. The guy is fantastic. Okay, the knock on him in his age, but but then we look at the population reports. And this is why I've moved out of the McDavid young gun space, not out of the McDavid space. I'm, I want to get right in that space. I want to get really intimate and familiar with that McDavid space. But the young gun space, I want to run for the hills. And I've already done that. And so people are like, oh, man, like, what, what are you? What is that? Like uh, some kind of a subtle, a subtle flex? No, I'm just saying I had some McDavid young guns. And I don't like the fact that there's 10,000 plus gem mints across the PSA and VGS board. I just don't, I don't like that. I've been an, I've been an apologist. I've sat here and said that there are enough shelves and desks to bear that. the weight of all these McDavid's, but now I'm really starting to wonder about it. It's just a scary thing for you to sit there and be holding a card in your hand that 9,999 plus other people have and sit there and go, this is worth, let's take a, an average of the two companies and say 3,000. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the people holding the BGS would thank you for that, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of hard to kind of get in your brain. And yeah, a month, it, like, it's a month, a month's rent, anything. a month's rent. Yeah, so, like, how many people are going to be behind on rent and think I'm selling this fucking card? That is a, uh, a perfect example of Toronto rent when it comes to McDavid. But um, yeah, it's like it's it's the same. We're not telling you anything new no. that you're not seeing on every second no. Instagram post where someone is like. Today I've decided I'm only going to collect stuff that is rare. And that yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that recently. Yeah. Actually, I saw that recently. I was like, okay, like, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. That sounds good. Yes, awesome. That sounds like the right thing to do. I, but I that per- being said, though, you know I, how terrifying it is. You know how terrifying it is to consolidate, and you're like yeah. now you're into like six cards, and you're like, mm-hmm. what if these aren't the right six ones? You know, like I, I believe. Look, listen. Here's the thing: if you're yeah. playing around in the out of fifteen, out of ten out of 25 SSP range, as they call it, that, that also has its pitfalls I, in terms of I agree. finding a buyer. And um, yeah, that's a whole thing. But I think the answer is to have a nice mix. Yes. And that's what I've always strived yeah. to do. Yeah. The problem is, I mean, when it gets to those ones with the high population, this, this McDavid is such an outlier. Like it just is like, man, like, okay, so there's a lot of tens and it, he's a great player. I get it. If it's two, $300, um, I get it, but then he's it's so astronomically high, it totally makes sense to me that something's got to give there 100%. Something's got to give, I'm and not, if that I'm and something gives there, then I mean, it gives everywhere else too, potentially. Yeah, because Mc, the McDavid is, is such a driver in, 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 in 
driving force in the hobby, but not, not necessarily in the, in the realm of young guns. We know young guns are so liquid. They are the currency of the hockey collectors. They just, you have the right young guns and they just, you know, this, they blow out. They, they, they're gone. I do. Which is why, oh. which is why all of my subs in the last like four months have just been young guns. <laughs> whether they're raw, whether they're great, yeah. right. If you, yeah. if you have the right young ones, but I, was, I, I totally, for, I slept on this. I mean, I, I've been sleeping on my Instagram in general, but I, I took a, a shot. Like I just noticed the other day and ran randomly collecting and buying and trading trade shows, card shows, this, that opening a pack here and there. I had all the top young guns in raw condition uh, from this past year, Boldy, Veneers, um, you know, uh, the, the Sledgekovsky, whatever, all of them. Yeah. And I have them all in one touches. I I don't want to grade them. I just, I don't, I'm putting these orders in and spending a lot of money on stuff that really should be graded and is really unique. Yeah. So they're on the back burner. And, and, and the, the funny thing is, I know I can get a good price for them that pretty much the only way I could get more is a 10. Yeah. Right. Like I could get, I get the price that a nine gets it, it, it for these raw ones, but I yes. took a photo of all of them and I'm like, you know what? Sometimes it's just really nice. It's really great just to collect the young guns, the, the, the big young guns of the year. Yeah. You know, like it's just a, a it's some, something we all do as collectors. And I love the confidence of owning them and having the, the concept that I could sell them tomorrow real quick. In fact, I'm having a young gun sale tonight. You may have seen that on my Instagram. Hey, I'm doing that to fight back the massive uh, depression and scarring pain that I'm going through that will leave scars to the end of time. So I'm going to fill that void with young guns cards. And uh, last time I did, this was like sort of uh, like at the peak of lockdown. It's been a while. Cartel's busy. It's a busy man. I know. Not as busy as coach Co. But um, you know, and when I did it during lockdown, man, like that was the first time I experienced doing a live on IG where there was like, 30, 40 people in there and they're just snapping up young guns. I was offering the deals and they were offering up the purchasing. And um, I don't know if it's going to go that way tonight. Quite frankly, I'm expecting it's going to be a, a sad, uh, just addendum to my depression. But um, but we shall see. I, I, I know that at the end of the day, whether or not people are hopping on an IG live or not, I can move these cards. They're I got like, one more question for you. Yes. Hopefully having to do with mental health. What are you talking about mental health? You want to talk about mental health? I'm just joking. I mean, it is is men's mental health month. So, Um, I I will say something that's been in the back of my mind is, you know, all this talk about what we just mentioned, maybe not having the amount of money that you want to do the things you need to do and looking at some of these cards and being like, okay, do I, can I move this? You know, how much of that is, is as a result of the Connor Bedard hype as well. Cause like people who have been in the space, uh, Connor Bedard and like, I mean, even like Victor one Banyama, right? Like I'm sure the basketball people too, like it's entirely possible that, that a lot of people have slowed down buying players that they see all the time. Like you mentioned, you see McDavid's and you see Matthews all the damn time. Every time I'm at a show, I've seen maybe 200 versions of both. And perhaps they want to take some, they want to take some liquidity out of their collection mm. to gear up for some of these big rookie cards coming in. Because mm. I mean, if you could get rid of some Matthew stuff that you know you you don't have a ton of confidence in long, long, long term, um, maybe the high pop stuff, 
and you somehow can accumulate enough for let's say a Bedard exclusive. I mean, isn't that a pretty good play? You know, like, and so I wonder how many people are doing stuff like that where they're like, okay, realistically, I might be able to accumulate enough through selling some of these high pop things in order to buy the the next rookie and like actually like be a player in that market and not necessarily be afraid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's be honest. Like, you know, you, I mean, this is probably happening a lot more now these days. You, you go up to these boxes you have that have been accumulating the last few years. And uh, you're like, you know, I, I need a new air conditioner. I mean, let's be honest, right? That's, that's the reality. So yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, if uh, the same way you might need an air conditioner is the same way you might need a case of Upper Deck Series 2 when it when 2023-24 hits. Yeah, of course. Um, I question whether or not, see, um, I, I question if someone is doing that right now, and especially if they're a collector and they're someone in the, in the hobby space, will they make those sales and then hold on until series two comes out? Are they really going to be that responsible? I mean, maybe in their um, head, you know, they're like, Oh yeah, this is what yeah, I'm doing. But yeah, I mean, I know, look, I mean, closer to when the shit's going down, so to speak. Um, I certainly will have a massive, it's going to be a fire sale. It's going to be a fire sale. Well, a massive reevaluation of what's going on. And, you do definitely bring up this idea that, you know, if everyone's thinking that way, it might be time to buy some hockey cards on the cheap right it's around be that a time. Fire sale, I think. I don't and know. That way, if Bedard shows up and it turns out he's got some sort of wonky knee or something, you could get other guys real cheap if there I, is a massive fire sale. I think it's going to be a fire sale. I honestly do. And I think the fire sales actually started. Like, I, I there's just a lot of prices on, on cards right now where I'm like, I just see this this huge amount of like money gone from the market. Like that's what it looks like to me when yeah. I see the prices of some of these cards. Cause like, it doesn't look like they've been moved into other things. It literally just looks like it's been taken out. And so either these people have exited the hobby entirely. Maybe they've gone into a different market. Um, or I think that they're stashing it for later. Could be. Um, I, I would like to think it's probably going into other places for sure um but like i said i totally agree with you that there will be an impending fire sale from from hockey collectors and dealers and flippers and dippers strippers you know all those hockey strippers eh? of course of course with their peelers but um yeah uh i i think that will happen for sure and uh if if, if someone hasn't even thought of it already just listening to us they're gonna start thinking i know i know i know but that's what you get here though you know you get the doom and the gloom and you get you get the happiness and the courtesy the the doom and gloom mostly courtesy of me but you know i I, I try to play my role (laughs) no i mean i just finished saying there's gonna be a giant fire sale going up i mean i guess i could be a positive or a negative though yeah yeah i mean you know i hate people getting money out of this look at the end of the day you know, you, you got to be whatever your goal is in this, do it well. If your goal is just to sit around and waste money and rip cards and not put anything back out, that's fine. You might be doing a great job at that. But, you know, if, if, if it's your business or if you want to really truly build like a great collection that you're proud of, there, there's going to there's going to have to be some 
some spending involved. There's going to have to be some strategic movement involved. Uh, that's that's what I love about the hobbies. There's, it's, it's, it's a lot of strategy. You can't just like say, Brendan, I'm going to do this. I'm going to build a fantastic Ron Francis collection. You got to go out there and like find all these pieces, right? Like you got to take them from someone else. Other Ron Francis collectors. You got to take them from someone else. Yeah, exactly. The duel involved. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 there's a lot of strategy and a lot of being smart about what you're doing, hopefully doing it the right way. And that's where we're here to help. I love it. Team. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the cardboard coaches. As always, don't forget to like comment, share, uh, let us know, fact check anything in the episode, please. Um, also don't forget to send cartel some love every now and then. He, need, he, he truly appreciates it. We both do. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the day. Coach Go and the Cardboard Coaches are at it. Peace.